can you help me? Those four words change the trajectory of my career. And if those four words, can you help me, brought you to this podcast today, I am delighted that you are here. Because the simple answer to that question is, I'm going to certainly do my best to try. Hi, I'm Karen Reed. I'm a four-time author, Emmy Award-winning broadcast journalist, and communication expert on helping people to own the room, whether it be a physical one or a virtual one. Welcome to Speaker Dynamics. So this is episode one of Speaker Dynamics Own the Room, and I'm really excited to kick off this new venture. I wanted to first give you a hint about what is going to be included in this episode so that you know what you will be hearing before it actually occurs. I'm going to just share with you a little bit about why I decided to do this podcast, but also why I do what I do. So perhaps my origin story my why uh, will give you a hint about whether this is the right place for you. If you're looking for a podcast that's going to tell you how to be the perfect presenter, uh, you are in the wrong place because that is not the way I roll. Instead, I'm, I'm looking at everybody's unique things that they bring to the table and the goal is to bring those out. Uh, if you're looking for a place where you can learn some really strategic tips and tricks, that is here. If you're looking for a whole lot of theory, that is not here. You'll be hearing some theory, but mostly I want it to be something that you'll be able to walk away from hearing this or perhaps walk with while you're hearing it. Uh, something that you can use in your professional life, in your personal life immediately. So that's what you have in store for you. And if you are on board, then let's get started. So let's go back to the four words that I began with, which is, can I help you? Uh, those words were actually said to me by a C-level executive uh, whose company I was working for as an on-camera spokesperson. So I'll get back to that in just a minute. But the reason why it was so uh, shocking to me and, and such a seismic shift uh, in how I looked at my professional career is because it came from somebody who had been very accomplished in her career. She was a C-level executive, as mentioned. Uh, she had two PhDs, brilliant person. And she came to me because she was being asked to do a series of videos where she was the host. And she wasn't liking how she was coming across. And she was explaining the scenario. So it was in a studio where they were shooting these videos. And this was, this was a while back. This was well over 10 years ago. And she said that they would always put her in a position in front of the camera and right before she was going to go live, they would say, smile. And she was many things, brilliant, authoritative, confident in her skills, uh, well-respected well by so many people. And yet whenever she was on camera, first of all, she felt uncomfortable, but also having somebody say smile felt very inauthentic to her. It felt like um, something that didn't make sense relative to what she was talking about, because a lot of times her topics were serious, or at least not something where a smile would feel appropriate. So she would get these uh, suggestions from the production crew, and she would try to follow them. And instead of this toothy grin 
that you can imagine, she would end up kind of making this kind of simpering sort of, you know, half smile smirk face. It was not something that worked for her. It did not look like it was true to her. And that came across loud and clear uh, through the camera lens. So whenever she approached me and she said, can you help me? I thought, I don't know. (laughs) Can I? Let me see if I can figure this out. Because it was such a different concept to me that somebody would be uncomfortable on camera because I had been on camera for decades, literally for decades. And I felt very comfortable doing it. Um, It was something where I had been working in TV news for a really long time. I had no problem speaking directly into the camera lens. And to me, it was just another way to communicate and and reach people, um, people that you couldn't see that well. But I felt very comfortable on camera. And I couldn't imagine the idea of somebody as accomplished as this executive being made to feel less than because she did not have good on-camera presence. But that was a situation that she had encountered and, and that I was observing. And so I thought at this point, okay, perhaps there's a business opportunity. You know, if I can figure this out, if I can help people who never imagined they'd have to be on camera how to do it well, maybe maybe I can actually find a, a new path in my career. And that's actually what happened. Um, so Let's go back a little bit. I actually worked in TV news for many, many years. I interviewed luminaries like Muhammad Ali. I won awards over the years. You know, if you're watching the video on YouTube, you can see there's an Emmy over my shoulder. It's by design. You can call it shameless self-promotion. But, you know, it's something that is worth, you know, crowing about, at least worth getting out of my closet, which is where it had sat for decades until my kids said, why do you have it in there? So anyway, I brought it out just so I can share with you. Like I had a pretty good career in TV news. I enjoyed it. uh, And I love telling stories. But even whenever I did that, I knew that there was something that was not quite on. Uh, and, And here's the reason why. So when I was, for example, moderating a debate, they always take what are called cutaways, where they show the people who are asking the questions and moderating uh, the discussion. And I would be wearing something called an IFB, where the director or the producer would be talking in my ear. And, and you know, oftentimes they would be giving me suggestions on what to ask or what to do. But they also would typically say, Karen, stop smiling. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean, stop smiling? But they would have to tell me to stop smiling because you know, no matter who was talking, no matter what they were talking about, I always had this kind of urge to encourage. <laughs> and I nod and, and it wasn't like I'd sit there like a toothy grin, but I would have a tendency to offer those nonverbals of encouragement, which is not appropriate whenever you're moderating a debate, but it was just truly like who I was. So I think even at that time, there was an inkling in my head that I really get a lot of joy out of teaching others to, you know, do something well, to coach them. Uh, And that is kind of where I sat, so or where I sit rather. So getting back to the origin story with this C-level executive, I took her up on the challenge. 
And I said, okay, let me see if I can figure this out for you. And I mapped out a curriculum on how to be a good on-camera communicator. That was, I want to say it was like 13 years ago, if not 14 years ago. And here's the really interesting thing. You know, that quickly developed into helping people to be effective communicators, uh, whether they were on camera or whether they were in person or through virtual communication tools. You know, something happened, right, uh, in 2020 that made us go from being able to have those face-to-face interactions as our primary way of, of presenting, you know, and, you know, a lot of us figured out how to own that room. But the pandemic revealed that a lot of us did not know how to own the virtual room. Speaking through the camera requires a completely different skill set than the one that is required for speaking to an audience in the same room. So my business exploded uh, as a result of the pandemic. And it was actually really gratifying uh, to be able to help people to be masters of communication through a camera lens, as well as whenever they are in person. So it's been such a, a fun ride, I will say. But truly, every leader now needs to be a master of communication across all platforms. And that's what this podcast is all about, because it's not just about on-camera communication. It's just not about virtual communication. It's not just about in-person communication, whether that be in front of a boardroom or up on stage. It's about how to be impactful, how to have influence in the room, whether that is a physical room or a virtual one. And I'm going to be sharing with you uh, some tips, some tricks that I have picked up over the years, uh, many, many years of working with thousands of people, and also passing along the wisdom of some really amazing people. I'm so excited about the folks who have decided to come on the show and have great conversations with me. Uh, I'm really thrilled that they are on board with this whole concept. I think the one thing I wanted to impress upon you is that being good on camera is not a reflection of your intelligence or lack thereof. Uh, I was moderating a panel discussion. It was on a webcast for a, a client and the panelists were amazing. And one of them was a very accomplished professor from Stanford. And he had done great things in his life. And he was put on this panel and we were excited to hear what he had to say. But as soon as the uh, camera light, uh, the tally light on top of the camera turned red, meaning that it was live. He developed this flop sweat. <laughs> and it was so bad that during the breaks, they had to have somebody come out and like mop off his brow and basically get rid of the extra sweat that was in his hair. So just understand like this is an amazingly accomplished person, but the camera freaked him out to the point where he had this physiological reaction uh, that he was not able to control. So why is it that a camera changes everything? Well, this is a, a misperception that many people had uh, that if you can speak uh, in any scenario, like say that you've mastered that in-person communication element, that you will be equally comfortable speaking through a camera lens. Not the case. It requires a totally different skill set. And here's the reason why. Actually, I'm going to give you three reasons that typically trip people up. 
the first reason is that the camera offers no feedback. So whenever you are talking to people face to face, when you're presenting in a room where everybody's sharing the same air, typically you are surveying the landscape and trying to see how your message is being greeted. And, you know, maybe somebody is nodding along, um, maybe somebody's nodding off, but you change your delivery based upon that feedback that you're receiving. But if you are talking to a camera, that camera offers no feedback and it creates this barrier to how effective you are when you communicate. Uh, so the second thing that typically holds us back, especially when you are virtual, like say you're you're speaking through a webcam rather than like a traditional uh, studio with a big camera, is that on the screen we can usually see ourselves, and when we see ourselves, we see stuff <laughs> that nobody else sees. We're hypercritical of of what we are seeing on the screen. I'll give you a quick example. I was doing some on-camera studio training with a client. And I always do like a before recording just to see where they are. And then I do a post-training recording, which typically will show pretty tremendous growth from here to there. And I was in person at the time, but we were watching the video together. My back was to her. And I turned around at the end and I was so excited with how far she had come. And I said, what did you think? And she goes, my left eyebrow is higher than my right eyebrow. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? Nobody is noticing your eyebrows. But she did. So know that if you pick up on stuff on, on screen that you think are, are big issues, they're typically not. And usually nobody has even noticed it. Uh, the third thing that makes talking through a webcam, talking on camera, uh, different than whenever you are you know, talking to somebody face-to-face -face, is that it feels like a performance. And when we perform, I can't talk, when we perform, we want to be uh, perfect. And, and the harder we try to be perfect, what happens? Well, the more difficult that becomes. And here's the thing. Perfection is not what makes you a great communicator, does not make you a great speaker. What makes you a great communicator, what makes you a great speaker, whether it's on camera or off, is authenticity. And that's what I hope I can help you to recapture. Because whenever we are trying to speak, oftentimes we are trying to be you know, something that we perhaps aren't naturally. You know, we, we try to be this perfect version of ourselves and that can come across as, as being kind of fake. So what I want to impress upon you is the importance of having that authenticity, ensuring that you are true to yourself. Now, that's not to say that you want to, for example, you know, show up uh, looking sloppy if, you know, you're doing something virtually. Uh, believe me, I've seen that a bunch of times. It also doesn't mean that you don't want to put in some effort in advance to ensure that the message you're delivering is the one you want to deliver and that you deliver it in a way that it's impactful. But it does mean that there is no one recipe for becoming a great communicator. There's no one way to be a great speaker. Some people will come to me and they'll be like, hey, can you make me into you know one of those speakers like I see on the TED Talks? And I always say, I can't make you. 
into a TED Talk speaker that you are watching because that's not you. They are delivering that message uh, that they have crafted, but they're doing it in their own authentic way. And that is really all it takes to be a great communicator, to be a great speaker. It's having a valuable message to tell and you tell it in a way that is unique to you, that is authentic to you. That is what's going to resonate with your audience. So let me fill you in on what you will be hearing. If you do choose to become a regular listener of this podcast, which I hope you will, I really hope you will. First of all, you will hear me speaking in an authentic way. I'm not going to cut out all of my filler words. I'm not going to ensure that all my pauses and perhaps even the words that I trip over are fixed. Uh, I want to be able to model that authenticity for you. Uh, You'll also hear less theory uh, and more real world advice. One of the things that I have the privilege of doing is working with a lot of really, really busy people who have come quite a long way in their careers. And I know that time spent with me is time that they're not spending doing something that's also important. So I want to make sure that anytime people spend with me, whether it is here in the podcast or whether it's it's in my training, my coaching, that is time well spent. And that means it has to be something that they can use, uh, something that they can immediately apply to their lives. So my hope is that you'll be able to gain something from each episode that you listen to. And you'll be like, wow, I'm glad that I spent my time doing that. Uh, Also, sometimes you'll be hearing just from me, but you'll also be hearing uh, from some of my friends who are pretty amazing. I'm really excited about the group of people who have signed up to be on the podcast this year and we'll be rolling them out bi-weekly. So you'll be able to uh, gain so much insight from their wisdom. Uh, and they, they all have all like different things that they do extremely well. And I love having conversations with them. Honestly, if I had my choice, I would do interview shows for each of these shows because I love learning new stuff. And I feel like, yeah, I have some ideas, but so many people have other amazing things to teach me. So I love to be a student as well. However, I have been told that there's value in me telling you a little bit about what I know. So that's why you'll have some solo episodes, which will be more targeted towards teaching you something uh, that you can use. You'll also hear about bonus content. So these are things that will help you to extend your learning uh, beyond the podcast. You know, maybe it's something where you can play with some of the techniques that we teach. Maybe it's just additional resources for you to use based upon what was the topic of that particular episode. And if you want to have access to those additional resources, you go to speakerdynamics.com slash bonus content. So it's speakerdynamics.com slash bonus content. Uh, If you're wondering what today's bonus content is, it is actually access to my origin book. (laughs) So you heard my origin story of how I got to be here doing what I'm doing, but I thought it might be kind of fun for you to be able to check out a piece of my origin book, which was the first book I wrote. It was called On Camera Coach, uh, Tools and Techniques for Business Professionals in a Video-Driven World. Uh, It came out in 2017. Uh, Little did I know that you know, there would be a need for everyone to know how to speak on camera uh, as a result of 
the pandemic. But I'm excited for you to check it out because it, it does obviously have value for today. So if you want to download a free chapter of that book, go to speakerdynamics.com slash bonus content. The other thing you will also be hearing in every episode is what I'm going to call one big takeaway. And that is the one thing that I want you to be able to kind of chew on and perhaps apply to your next communication scenario. So today's one big thing, one big takeaway is it's not perfection that makes you a great communicator. It's authenticity. And that's why I'm really so excited for you to hear the next episode. I'm talking to Matt Abrahams, who is one of my favorite people on the planet, but he also is just such a talented communication guru. He is a professor at the Graduate School of Business at Stanford, where I've actually had the opportunity to guest lecture in his class several times. We even you know, co-taught a course, actually. But his most amazing recent thing that he did was he released a book called Think Faster, Talk Smarter. And I want to share with you a quote from that book that I love. He says, the more mediocre you give yourself permission to be, the better, more compelling a speaker you become. I'm going to say that one more time. The more mediocre you give yourself permission to be, the better, more compelling a speaker you become. I feel like that is so compelling and so indicative of what I was trying to tell you to do today. It's not perfection, it's authenticity. So we're going to be talking to him about that quote, as well as a whole bunch of other things that he includes in his book, Think Faster, Talk Smarter. You do not want to miss it. So with that in mind, if you would like to hear my conversation with Matt, make sure that you subscribe to Speaker Dynamics Own the Room. And if you are so inclined, please tell your friends, tell your family, tell anyone in your sphere of influence to also check out the podcast and subscribe. And we really appreciate your support. So thank you so much for listening today. Until next time.